0: Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj.
1: All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have one awesome guest. He is a 20-year direct response marketing consultant, and he has written 15 books, including two Amazon number one bestsellers. He helps business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs publish short, helpful, direct, response books to grow their authority and differentiate their businesses. And he's a business book coach and publisher. Let's welcome Mike Capuzzi. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing well, Victor. Thank you. It's great to have you on. So I'd like to get started by asking you to go to the beginning. How did you get started in becoming an entrepreneur? Please share your journey with us.
0: So my journey starts with uh, the fact that I actually have an engineering degree from college, um, and I, I worked in an engineering company coming out of college for a couple of years. Did that for a little bit, and then I joined a small software company, Victor, that had like fifty employees back in the early '90s. Uh, traveled the world, you know, really just uh, did a lot of very cool things in a, in a technical role initially. And then what happened was they had to assume the sales of their software. So they started up in a marketing department. I I, uh, asked to join that marketing department. This is about 1994. And um, really just started cutting my teeth on on marketing. But I always had this desire to work for myself. So at the height of the dot-com bubble, uh, when things were just going really, really well back in the day, late 90s, I left this company. Now there was over a couple thousand employees. This company had tremendous growth. And I went out on my own. And that was 1998 and have not looked back since. So since 1998, I've been serving clients, uh, helping them with marketing, initially corporate clients, but over the last almost 20 years now, working on with you know, more smaller, more medium sized business owners.
1: Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. So again, uh, it's amazing. No matter what, you know, entrepreneurs come from all kinds of background. You originally came from an engineering background, you studied in college, you worked for an engineering firm for a couple of years, and you worked for a small software company. Later on, you joined the marketing department, but you always wanted to work for yourself. And eventually, you wound up uh, going solo around 1998. Now, uh, tell us, you know, a lot of people have these uh, impressions. Wow, once I go solo, all the money rolling, I don't have to do much work. You mind sharing how those first couple of years were for you? because. Um, it, there's a big difference between working for a company and working for yourself. So you might tell me like, you know, how it went those first couple of years when you got started.
0: Yeah. So this was 1998, 1999, which, you know, you may or may not recall this was like, there was money flowing, growing off of trees at the time, it seemed. And my clients initially, because I had a, a good reputation in the software company that I was at, I was able to get some very large clients very quickly and, um, and I'll never forget Victor, I would have you know projects that were 50, 80, $90,000 projects that were short-term projects. Now these were primarily software companies too. So that was part of the thing. I was, came out of a software company and started serving software companies. Um, but yeah, for me, very fortunately, uh, things were very good for the first several years. I always wanted to keep my company small I never had a desire then and even today, Victor, to have this big company. Uh, There's a small team of us, myself. My wife's been in the business for almost 20 years. uh, And then we have a small team of folks that are around the country. Um, And I've always wanted to keep it kind of lean and mean. The dot-com bubble burst. So things definitely shrunk up around 2003, 2004. And that's really when I started kind of, Segueing from these big corporate clients, which I was kind of, I was getting tired of, of anyway, you know, dealing with corporations is a whole other animal uh, and the teams involved, but really started, you know, working, like I said, with smaller, more Main Street type businesses, smaller, medium sized companies. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been very good since I've been very, you know, very fortunate
1: to uh, have a, a, you know, a very good ride. Got it. Now, uh, and, uh, okay, that's good. And again, we, and, and entrepreneurs, we all go through ups and downs. You know, dot-com bust, uh, it affected a lot of people back then 20 years ago. A lot of people thought they were going to be driving Lamborghinis for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And then reality hits, we had a rough couple, two, three years, and then things kind of stabilized. So, yeah. yeah. So, And then you had to make some changes, too. You went from corporate clients to smaller and mid-sized clients, which apparently you seem to like a lot more. So, which is good. Yeah. And that's the other thing. There's always going to be adjustments and tweaks along the way. It's really hard to predict the future. You know, you, you, we always try to predict what we're going to do two, three, five years on the road. In 2015, we, 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 no one who predicted what was going to happen five years from now was right because, you know, COVID hit. And, <laughs> and So everyone was wrong about their five-year predictions. So you just never know. So what got you into, you know, writing books and, and going into the book publishing industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, well, first of all, I've always loved books ever since I was a kid,
0: and always dreamt of being an author. And you know, I've I shared that even when I segued out of corporate clients to where you know the companies I serve now and the business owners I serve now, um, I knew there was value to being an author. So I, I published my first book in two thousand seven, published my first client book in two thousand eight, and since then I've just you know cranked out a ton of my own books. Uh, you mentioned there were short books. We could talk about that, um, and then have worked with now like 130 different business owners, corporate executives, to help them publish their own short books. But it's just been a desire, Victor. I love books. I think books. Well, I don't think I know books still have a lot of value in today's business environment as a marketing asset, as a sales asset, as an authority building asset. So yeah, I mean, you you can it, it's, you can't go wrong thinking about, and, and more importantly, writing and publishing a book that can serve you and your business. In my opinion, you just can't go wrong. You can make some mistakes, but if you do it right, a, a book will be an amazing asset for you.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people want to get a book out, but they're afraid to. But it, yeah. my, my uh, advice to them is get it out. You can always do a second edition, make adjustments to it. And uh, would you mind talking a little bit more because you hit out some things, you know, it, it can inspire people, it can give you more authority, incredibly. So, you know, there are probably some business owners and entrepreneurs watching this and they're saying to themselves, should I become a publisher? Should I write my own book? Because you might explain a little bit more about why you recommend they should become a published author. Well, so, I mean, listen, even in today's environment, uh,
0: books are still seen of val- as va- of value, right? You still can go to a bookstore You can go to Amazon and you pay for them, right? You typically don't get free books. There are some out there, some different marketing efforts and stuff. But typically, we're all used to paying for books. That means they have value. People perceive value, which is a lot different than a lot of marketing, right? You don't pay for brochures. You don't pay for business cards. You don't pay for YouTube videos primarily. So the fact that they're seen as objects of value means that people who get them, request them, read them, place value on them. And, and that really does allow you to position yourself differently from a marketing standpoint, right? So that's that's first and foremost why I think they're smart. We, t- we print, you know, we, we're talking printed books. So, like, here's one of our recent client ones. This gentleman's a lawyer, he does living trusts. So, you see, these are real, you know, they're nice little books. They're meant to be read in about an hour. But the nice thing about that, Victor, is he can do a lot with that. He's a local business owner, a local attorney, for example, in, in this particular case. He can you know, send out copies to prospects. He can give them to clients to hand out to their friends and family. Um, he can have all kinds of different marketing funnels and such that he can put out there. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do with a physical book. And that's the kind of books we primarily create physical ones, printed books, the good old printed book. So uh, yeah, there's, and, you know, I always say, you know, people always like, oh, can I just do a digital book? And I always say it's kind of hard to autograph a digital book. And when you're an author, People will either ask you to autograph a book if you're in an event, or more importantly, when you're sending one out, you always put a little note, hey, Victor, thanks, Mike, you know, that kind of thing. So that's why I place so much value in printed books.
1: No, and I totally agree with you on that. It's it's, 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 it's a form of a business card. You give out books to clients yes. and prospects. And if they don't read it, they just keep around the house and they say, oh, he's the book. He's the guy who wrote that book on law or he wrote a book on nutrition or whatever it is on baseball. You know, whenever you have a book, you say, oh, I wrote a book on nutrition. People immediately say, oh, this person is an expert. He wrote a book on nutrition. So when you say you author a book on a subject, people usually give you that credibility and authority. And it's a great way not just, you know, to, for prospects to remember you. And they could tell their friends, oh, I know this guy, he wrote this book blah, 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 and when it's there lying around the house, you'll remember it, it's, you'll see it there. But if it's a digital book, you're gonna, you can. it's so much easier to forget. You know, you have an on Amazon, on Kindle, or whatever. So I agree, just get the book out. And so for those who want to be successful, because, like, number one, you've written about 15 books. You've had two number one uh, bestsellers on Amazon. What are some of the things you recommend to people who uh, want, no one, want to get the book, but also want to, you know, you know, get those sales, get noticed, get, you know, become a bestseller. So what are a couple of things you might recommend to people?
0: Yeah. So a couple of different questions there. So again, the kind of books we help clients with, they're nonfiction business oriented books. Okay. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my specialty. We're not right. talking fiction. We're not talking your memoir. And again, we like to publish these short books because a, they're much quicker for people to read. And in this day and age, people appreciate short, helpful books. You know, it takes about an hour. They get what they're looking for. You know, the promise of the book that they were seeking out. Um, It's obviously a lot quicker for the person writing it and publishing it. So, you know, it doesn't take you years. It's measured in weeks or months. Um, So there's, again, real value into these sort of brief books that are really about a one hour conversation in print. Now, we also recommend to our clients, Victor, this is not about making money selling books. Okay. So again, if a client comes to us, we make it very clear. This is not about selling books on Amazon. Yes, you will sell, potentially sell books on Amazon. You may go to an event and sell books, but that should never, our, our clients aren't concerned about the one or $2 they're making off of selling a book. They're selling their business in the book, which, you know, if it's a dentist, a lawyer, a corporate executive, there's a much bigger back end, right? They have software services, they have high-end legal services. That's what they're looking to ultimately sell using the book as a conversation starter. So when you ask about Amazon number one bestseller, that requires book sales. And, and to be honest with you, and I still do, I still kind of poo-poo it. Um, you know, a lot of it's, it's, a lot of it's you know, kind of BS in a lot of respects, but I got serious about it when I published, I published. I published a book two years ago called "The Hundred Page Book," and I created this book specifically, Victor, to see if I could get it to be a, a number one bestseller. All my other books, I would just put up on Amazon and sort of not worry about them. This one, I really got a. I got deep into Amazon, and we were able to be, be get become a number one bestseller and maintain it for like six or seven months, which is like unheard of for you know a small self published book. So. How do you do that? Well, you have to have a quality book, you have to have a, a, a marketing plan in place when the book is published, you have to have joint venture partners who are willing to promote it for you, you have to promote it yourself to your own email list, your own social media lists. Uh, and you got to do a lot, and you got to do a lot in a very short time frame so that it gets traction on Amazon, and then Amazon's algorithms start, you know, ranking it up there. Um, but there's some, you know, some subtle things you need to do. But really, it's just good old, plain old marketing and
1: promotion when your book is launched. You know, very good. And I like what you said early on when you said uh, the, the purpose for these clients is not really to sell a lot of books and make the extra couple bucks. It's to sell on the back end. So whether they're dentists or lawyers, whatever, they're selling the services because of the book so they may not make any money or maybe even lose a couple books on the front end but in the back end they're making a lot more money because people are learning about who they are and they're getting the credibility from it so and i like the idea of the 100 page book because honestly when i was younger i had no problems reading five six hundred page books but now when i when i get a book that's five six (laughs) hundred pages i'm like oh man how long is this gonna take me but you know what there's something but if i have five 100 page books even though they're the same amount of pages i was like at least i can finish one book and then another. Yeah. So I think it's better it's a, to write four or five 100 page books yes. over several years than to write one 500 page book. Because I think a lot of people, like you said, that people just have short attention span and, and they don't want to read a 500, but they'll read your 100 page book. And then a few months later, they may read your second 100 page book. So yeah. I like that idea. It, it people's attention span is so short, but they say, OK, 100 page book. And uh, it, it's a great idea. So a couple of things, I'm just looking at your info here. So how is this kind of book different? Like, you know, how writing the 100 page book, how is it different from the other books of like how to write a book? What is the difference? That's
0: that's a good question too. And I got to real quick, just go back to what you said, because it's funny. I used to never have a problem reading a two, three, 400 page book, right? And as I've gotten older, (laughs) I don't know how many times, and it's more often than not, I started, get about 200 pages in. I'm like, oh my gosh, just get to the point, right? Um, I just returned a book. I've never returned a book on Amazon because I was so annoyed with the author just rambling. I, I very So anyway, um, and you're also right because it, from a marketing angle, it makes much more sense to have five 100-page books because it gives you five different topics you can focus on, different subtle differences. Different people will read different books, whether it's sequential or not, but it just gives you more horsepower when you do uh, five books versus... You know, one book, um, and listen. I'm still there's still a, a a purpose and a reason to have a larger book. I am not saying that should you know. It's just not what we do. It's not what I write. You know, for the people that are writing traditional business books that are several hundred pages, they have a purpose. I just think in today's environment, a short, helpful book is better for most readers and most authors. So, to answer your question about the difference, and thank you for asking that. So, as you mentioned, I. I When I segued out of corporate marketing, I started really studying direct response marketing, which is a very unique type of marketing, always trying to elicit a response. So I've been doing that for almost 20 years now. And our short helpful books, we call them Shooks. So a Shook is my brand of short helpful book. And they are direct response books. So they follow a very specific formula, Victor, to design to provide helpful information for the reader, but also they're designed to provide a response from interested readers who want more from the author. So they're they're really sales tools in book format.
1: I like that Shooks and uh, short helpful books and sales tools in book format. I love that stuff. Uh, So, you know, it's obviously, you've had a lot of success success, uh, doing this and you've helped a lot of clients become successful just by getting these short books out. Now, you know, looking over your career over the past 20 plus years, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and a small business owner, what is some of the qualities you have that you think has made you become successful? And that we, maybe we had certain struggling times you overcame and you continue, which is some other people who may have struggled may have just given up. So what are some of those things that you think have made you successful uh, as opposed to other people who did not succeed going through the same things?
0: Yeah, I love it. So one thing right off the bat that I remember Victor was um a fear of not being a great speaker and being a great writer, right? So I came from a technical role and a technical background. And I was, I remember as I, as my reputation started growing and I was starting to be, I was starting to be asked to speak at a lot of events Um, for years, I spoke on stages around the world. And I can remember being very down on myself. Oh, I'm not a great speaker. You and I were talking, now I can hear it in your voice from, from New York, but you know I have a Philly accent, I'm outside Philadelphia. And I can remember just really cringing when I'd hear myself talk and I was, but it was amazing, Victor, was, I was always very, which I didn't realize at the time, but people told me afterwards, I was very tough on myself, very critical of myself, but people said, Mike, you know what? That was a great presentation. What I really appreciate about you, you just sound very authentic. You're very authentic. You sound like somebody I, I would enjoy, you know, having a beer with or just getting to know better more. And I didn't even embrace that, but it happened so many times, Victor, where people just said, I just love your style, you, you're self-deprecating, you know, I'm not a big hypey kind of guy. So I would say that has been one of the keys to my success. Is just being, I mean, it's gonna sound kind of corny, but not I I never. A lot of people tell you, coaches will tell you, "Oh, you got to be this bigger than life persona. You got to be someone different when you're out on stage or out in the public." And for some people, that works. It never worked for me. I always had to just be who I was and embrace it. Um, so I would say that would be one of the key things. And and honestly, and I don't know if this is part of the question or maybe a future question, but one of the things I wish I had done a better job. I did a good job, but I I would have. I wish I had embraced. Um, you know, really trying to grow my reputation and, 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 and embracing that and not, I'm an introvert. So I, I'd rather be, you know, by myself, you know, just working on books. And in hindsight, I think it would probably, have been, I, I could have even elevated it even higher had I truly embraced being in the limelight. So, um, but it's all good.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, uh, and I agree. Get, getting that reputation being a lawyer definitely helps. The more people who know of you, who know about you, the better it is for your business. So that, that, that is definitely, there, there are a lot of people who are really good at what they do, but a lot of people don't know anything about them and they have to find a way to get the word out about them. I like what you well, said so about- that's That's the key, by the way, right? That,
0: what you just said, that is the key, in my opinion, to success. And it's going to be even more of a key going forward.
1: No, I agree. Especially in the technological age, there's so much traffic out there. You have to differentiate yourself from everyone else. So you, people have to find out about you. So you have to figure out a way. And I guess one of the good way to do it is to write a short, helpful book. But I think that's one of the great things to do. And I like what you said before about being authentic, because here's the thing. If you're authentic and you share who you are, your story. A lot of times, people can relate to you. So if you see if you show you know if you show the human side of you and what you went through and your ups and your downs, your struggles, you'll say, "Wow, that person can do it, so can I." So if you're very relatable, if you're very relatable, in my opinion, I think people can identify with you. They'll be attracted to you. They might they will want to work with you more. So I think being authentic is. If you want to know who the real you is, I think it definitely helps. Uh, with your business. Now, I also noticed you have your own uh, podcast called the Author Factor Podcast. You might talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So we're, gosh, almost two and a half years in. Uh, I literally just rebranded it. So I used to call it the Main Street Author Podcast. Uh, I rebranded it just a few weeks ago um, after just doing a little more research. And I wanted a little wider kind of hook. Um, So the Author Factor Podcast, Victor, is, you know. So I'm on your side of the microphone, if you will, and I'm interviewing just normal business owners and corporate executives, not, not, not superstar VIP authors, just folks that own a business but also have written a book to differentiate themselves in their business. So it's a, it's a conversation where you know, we talk about why they decide to write a book, what their book is about, how they use the book. How do they use the book to get new customers? What mistakes do they make? So it's really meant to inspire, just like you're trying to inspire entrepreneurs. My podcast, the Author Factor podcast, is trying to inspire other business owners and corporate executives to consider writing a book.
1: Awesome, that's some really good stuff. So um, uh, final piece of advice to the people out there, those who are thinking of becoming you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, you know, people that are getting started. What are some tips you'd like to share with them from your experience?
0: Yeah. So, first of all, you know, if you have it in you, I mean, true entrepreneurs, it's in their DNA, right? So, you know, again, they may not want to be the CEO of a $100 million business. They may not want to be like an Elon Musk, but they know they can't work for somebody else. Uh, they have to be their own boss, if you will. And, and I would just say, go for it. You've got to, you know, if it's in your DNA, just like if, if writing a book is in your DNA, you've got to do it. Otherwise you're going to you know be unfulfilled. No, just to your point earlier, it's, it's a grind, right? I forget what the saying is, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase it and bastardize it, but like they say, a definition of an entrepreneur is someone who leaves, leaves a 40 hour work week job to go work 80 hours or something. There's something yeah, saying like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, it's it's always on your mind. I mean, I woke mm-hmm. up at four thirty this morning thinking about work. And it's not, and I don't mind. It's not like I'm. You know, my dad says, "Oh, you're always stressing over work." I don't stress over work. I mean, there's times mm-hmm. yeah. I think about work. I'm always thinking about how can I mm-hmm. do something better, how can I serve mm-hmm. a client better. Um, so it's it's tends to be on your mind a lot. And uh, hey, listen, if you want to grow a big business, or if you want to grow be a solopreneur, but this our country, our society is built on this. And I think it's just gonna, it's just it's gonna be even more important going forward to have people adding more value to society through their own businesses.
1: I agree. That's one thing entrepreneurs and small business owners do they do add a lot of value. Uh, to the society. And I think I agree. I, the way things are going with technology and all of that stuff, I think it's become even important in the years ahead. So, so Mike, listen, I want to thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you know, sharing your stories, sharing all the wisdom and the value and you know, talking about uh, the short books. Now, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you?
0: Yeah, so I've got two websites. My personal website, which has been around for years, is mikecapuzzi.com. And our publishing company is called Bite-Sized Books, Bite-Sized, that's size with a D, bitesizedbooks.com. And there's a form if they, you know, the the first step in working with us and me specifically is you you have a a Zoom call with me and we talk about your book idea. So if anyone's interested, just schedule a session with me and happy to discuss that with you.
1: Know, that sounds great. And, you know, for those of you out there who want to write a book, and uh, especially it's a short book, uh, you don't have to start by writing a 500-page book. If you're interested in writing a wow. 100-page book, reach out to Mike. So you can go to his website, mikecapuzzi.com or bite-sizedbook.com. You get on the Zoom call with him. And you heard him today. He has a lot of great stuff, a lot of great value, and he can definitely help you out with that. Mike, thanks so much for being on our show. We really appreciate it. And have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, Victor. Take care.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please
1: also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.